want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Caleb, I just had, uh, Caleb's here. I'm your host, Colin Settle. How, how, how's everybody doing out there? Wash your hands, stay safe. Caleb, how are you? Dude, I'm doing amazing. Colin, it is great to record with you. I We're back. Dude. We're back in person. This is the first time, second time we've been together. First time since the first episode. Since the first episode that we've been back together recording in person. I cannot be more excited for today's episode. It's going to be good. It's going to be, well... We'll get to that. But <laughs> Kayla and I were having to laugh before the show started because we were just going through Twitter looking for news, and I saw I saw a poll that said, "Hey, would you want to play one on one against Shaq?" And I go, "Oh heck yeah! Yeah, I would love just the opportunity. It's not like I'm trying to beat him or anything. I would just want to play against Shaq." And to that, Caleb said, and I quote, "I can beat Shaq in basketball," and I go. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put that on the show today. And then he goes, "Oh, I could be Michael Jordan too." And I go, "Oh, that's a big statement." He goes, "And LeBron James." And I go, "Oh baby." And then he goes, "I had six points and two steals per game in high school. Could Shaq do that? I don't think so." Uh, yeah, I'm gonna stand by my <laughs> statement there because let's be honest, Shaq, what seven foot, three hundred pounds? I could back him down. Six foot, two hundred. Shaq's got nothing on me. Did he have two steals per game in the NBA ever? No. Nah, but for real, guys, I'm just I'm just messing around. Shaq, Shaq's, the, Shaq's the man. I, I I would take him in one-on-one, though. Free throws. Free throws, yeah. yeah <laughs> nothing, free throws. nothing else, though. No, nothing, no, <laughs> Maybe no three way. points. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. In other news, just talking about, you know, kind of what came up last week with the NCAA, Pete Thamel, I think I'm saying his name right, Came out on Twitter saying, the NCAA Division I Council voted to approve voluntary athletic facilities in football, men's basketball, and women's basketball to start on June 1st and go through June 30th. Other sports will be acted on on a later date. Now, I think this is really good news. Not saying that I support it, not saying that I don't. I think this is really, really, really good news for the sports world in general. I think that the NCAA D1 Council, the the top dogs right now, are like, yeah, let's start opening up facilities and allowing players to possibly come. I I don't know what this means. Whether it means players, whether it means coaches. I know that the K-State football team is back in the bill. They're back in the castle doing everything that they need to do. I'm very excited for that. Uh, they put that uh, video out on Twitter. You should go watch that. That's great. But it's good to see that we're making progress towards getting things back to normal. And that's ultimately my end goal here is I want things to be back to normal. I don't know how you feel, Caleb, but I think this is a great, fantastic step forward to where we're trying to go for the fall. Definitely. I'm seeing that's a great first step. The sad thing is we're also seeing colleges take a step back, like California California State. and Texas, yeah. We, we talked about that last week a little bit. Um, but I do love seeing the progress. Obviously great to get players back in the building, training with coaches and teammates. It's going to be good to build chemistry because they lost a lot of that this spring. Yeah, I 
I'm, I'm just excited. I just want sports back. Whether or not we, even though I personally don't think we're going to have fans in the stands, that's no just me. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that'll be too much it. of a risk. But just to be able to watch sports on TV and to be able to, you know, sit on the couch with your buds, just, you know, eating burgers, grilling out, you know, whatever it may be, just Saturdays with the boys. You know what I mean? I know, exactly. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm ready. I, I wish that California would maybe figure some things out a little bit differently so that, you know, the Pac-12, Mountain West, they made the call very early. I agree with that. But I do, I do, here's the thing. Even if I don't, agree with something that you're saying i understand where it's coming from i understand that you know california saying hey we're we're not going to open here i understand that because of everything else going it's the whole reason everything else is going on you know what i mean it's just it's a difficult situation where i personally think it's it's all or nothing you can't have one state that has how many different college teams in it? Yeah. Maybe half of a conference saying, "Oh yeah, we're just not going to participate." What what does that do for, not only for the rest of that conference, for those players, for the schools, but for the rest of, you know, college football, college basketball, for you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. I just think they pulled the gun a little early there or they pulled the trigger a little early there on that gun. But I think I think the NCAA is taking huge steps forward here by announcing by announcing voluntary athletic activities in in these facilities starting on June first, which is very soon here in in what like a week and a half something like that. Exactly. My days are off being at home. Not school's over. I'm done. Yeah. You're done. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> I'm free. I got I got nothing on my mind. Aside from sports, <laughs> but there's no sports anywhere, so it's kind of hard to kind of in this in this loop here. But uh, in other sports news, we had a couple of rests last weekend, and I just kind of want to clear some things up because I feel like a lot of this got blown out of proportion. Maybe for three out of the four guys, Ed Oliver needs some explaining to do. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but for four rests, DeAndre Baker. Cornerback for the Giants, Quentin Dunbar, cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks, Cody Latimer, wide receiver for the, for the Redskins, and Ed Oliver, defensive end for the Bills. Two of these guys were first-round draft picks in last year's draft Dang. in DeAndre Baker and Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver went ninth, I believe, and I think uh, Baker went 27 or 30 to the Giants. Somewhere, somewhere late 20s there. But... Essentially, from what let's let's start out with with Cody Latimer here. Cody Latimer uh, was arrested for, I believe, I have it here. I think he was firing off. Fire, yeah, firing a gun, accused of felony discharge of a weapon after duties responded to the report of shots fired. Now, a lot of people didn't know what happened, but from other, and I think I think this is important to th- to say here. You got to have all the details. I'm big on that. You have to have all the details. Because if you don't, you're giving out false information. And that's the worst possible thing that you could do 
A is a journalist and B is a human being. You can't just don't just don't lie about stuff. You know, even whether or not you're doing it consciously, just tell the truth, man. Because what ended up coming out is you you hear that you know Cody Latimer fired a gun in some I think it was some restaurant or something like that, okay. or like outside at a bar or something, and uh, it was a poker. It was a poker game, something like that, and turns out that there were other reports that Latimer's son uh, was, for lack of a better term, it's a touchy subject, he, there were sexual assault charges on a man involving Latimer's son at the same location, at the same time that the shot was fired by Latimer. Latimer didn't shoot anybody. He, shot the fire, he, he fired the shot into the air. Probably just as like a warning shot. But... To not have all the details there to say, oh, he just fired a shot because he got mad at a poker game is completely different from saying, oh, somebody did something to his son and he retaliated in the best way that he thought that he could. So I understand. I'm not saying that I agree with it, even though I kind of do, but I understand it, which is exactly what we were just talking about. DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar, on the other hand, were involved uh, they were accused of armed robbery of cash and jewelry at a party in Florida. Now, yeah, this is this is what came out on on uh, I believe it was the fifth. Yes, on the fifth. Yeah, or the sixteenth. Sorry. Okay. So <laughs> there there were reports of a robbery. All this happened. Those two were the guys named. But then, I believe it was Tuesday. I think Monday or Tuesday. We had witnesses come out and say, oh, Quinn Dunbar was not involved in this at all. We didn't see him there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they saw him there, but he wasn't involved at all. Yep. So Quinn's attorney's like, yeah, that's great news. He wasn't involved at all. If, if, if the witnesses of getting robbed say that this guy did not rob them, that's great news. DeAndre Baker also has reports from witnesses that he wasn't involved either. But his attorney isn't releasing that information yet due to whatever. Right? I I don't know. What do, what do you think about this, Caleb? I just I find it ridiculous that NFL players or any professional athlete at this point has to steal money. Like everyone's getting paid six figures at least. Most people getting paid seven figures a year. It's I find it ridiculous that they feel like they need to steal cash and jewelry at a party. Yeah, if you're making, you know, $5 million a year, yeah. whatever, whatever you're making, you know, on that, still on that rookie contract for both of those guys, but or for uh, Baker at least. But, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. Yeah, I think exactly. you, you have all the money you need. Why, you know, don't take it from anybody else. <laughs> exactly. Come on, man. Yeah. What are you doing? And Ed Oliver, Big Ed. Good lord, Ed. Yeah, I, 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 I can't really defend you here, buddy. There's none that I can do here. I'm trying to defend all these other guys. He was pulled over, accused of driving while intoxicated and unlawfully carrying a weapon near Houston, Texas. Oh, boy. Ed Oliver, what are you doing, Ed. buddy? And it doesn't help that the dash cam of the police car came out. And it shows you failing you're 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 getting tested for DUI and you can't even walk in a straight line buddy not to mention he's wearing a bills shirt 
what are you doing? And it wasn't even, it wasn't even the police that caught him either. There were reports that another driver saw that he was driving recklessly and called the police to take care of it. Dude. This is... He's in a lot of trouble. It's unacceptable. This is just... You can't... You can't be doing that. Yeah. You can't be doing that. My guy. I love my big boys. I really do. But golly, man. It's hard to defend you when all all the cards are stacked against you. Once it was on video, he's got his bill shirt. There's, there's no turning back for him. That's, that's a. Rough. There's no, there's none that I can do. So we can't defend you there, Ed. Sorry, but Alden Smith got another big boy. Big boys, let's go. Just got reinstated. Cowboys defensive end. Well, he's going to be outside linebacker probably. Uh, Alden Smith after a four-year absence in the NFL. Um, he had a lot of issues between between. I believe it was alcohol and drug issues. Drugs. Also driving under the Dri- yeah, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Little Ed Oliver over here. Jeez, but Ed. Um, you know it's pretty exciting to see this guy getting back. He was first team All Pro 2012. So yeah, led yep. the league in sacks, I believe. But um, anyways, yeah, good. It's to see him it's back. great to see him back. It'll be a great addition for the Cowboys. He's a Thirty year old, but yeah, it should be good. Yeah, so. I think I think that he's still spry enough at 30 years old that he can not necessarily make a big impact but at least be be a good solid run stopper he played for i believe the raiders the 49ers yeah a couple different teams there we'll see what happens we'll see i think i think this cowboys defense is one to be feared they got reloaded this they got re freaking loaded it's good to see we'll see what happens i'm excited Oh, I bet you're wearing you're wearing your cowboy shirt know, right now. <laughs> you may not be as excited, but I sure. Well, Green Bay isn't playing Dallas this year, so wow. don't have to worry well, about we'll it. We'll catch you in the playoffs. All right. Uh. <laughs> I hope we better make the playoffs. <laughs> I hope I hope Green Bay does as well because it's not looking too promising well, no right now. Well, no matter how much talent the Cowboys oh. get, they still find a way to blow it sometimes. Yeah, even against teams that are below 500. Anyways, speaking of big boys, <laughs> Caleb's got this look on his face like, oh. Oh, yeah. Speaking of big boys, big boy of the week. I have a big boy of the week. All right. I haven't had one for the last couple of weeks. We've had guests. Ryan Gilbert came on the show. Uh-huh. God, great guy. Great oh, guy. Last, the, the week before that, I don't remember what we had going on. I didn't have a big boy then. I have a big boy of the week this week. I'm it? so excited. So excited. My Shaq Daddy Shaquille O'Neal, baby. If you didn't see it, I believe it was on SportsCenter. It was on ESPN's Twitter as well. Yeah. So these kids were just there. They are playing street ball, right? They had, the, they had the goal up, just playing street ball there. A bunch of cop cars just rolled up. Like I think it was like three or four cop cars, and then a big SUV was there too. And the cops come up and they're like, hey, what are you guys doing? The kids are like, we're just playing basketball, man. And they're all like, what, what is going on? And they're like, oh, you're just playing basketball. You think that think you can take on my guy back here? And then Shag gets out of the car and the kids just lose it. It was fantastic. Shag just comes in and starts just balling with these kids. Yeah. Dunking on it. He pulls up a three and nails it. Oh, it's great. It's so fun. The video is great. I love it. You got to watch it. But yeah. just Shag giving back. To these kids, just helping them out because everybody's going through a hard time. I, I do have to clarify this was a couple years ago, I believe. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. either way, hey, it's they, still they cool. It yeah. It's still cool. They brought it back. It's good to see some positive uh-huh. going on in the world, wherever it may be. 
I think you know it's hard to uh, to get content as we as we know here at settling the score. No, it's hard to get content when there's no content to get. So right. whether or not you're bringing stuff up, I know they're playing a lot of old games on ESPN and whatnot, but. It's fun to see these fun moments coming back. It's fun okay. to see these these fun moments coming back. Shaquille O'Neal, because of that throwback Thursday, big boy of the week. Big boy, give it to him. Give it to him. Speaking of basketball, we have time for Caleb's Corner. Caleb, how are you doing? We got about five minutes here for about you. What do you got? Minutes? All right, let's do this. Well, as you know, basketball is also throwing it back. We're just trying to bring stuff up like we brought up Shaq here. So, Magic Johnson showed up on the Stephen A. Smith show. Love Stephen A. A couple days ago. And I love Magic Johnson. That smile is just infectious, man. <laughs> Gosh. Anyways, Magic gave his top five NBA players of current day that he thought could go back and play in the 80s and 90s with bad boys like Jordan and the Pistons. So uh, he gave his top five. His first was LeBron, obviously. Then he said KD, Steph, AD, and Giannis. Now, I don't think I have a problem with too many of these guys. Obviously, LeBron, with the physical specimen that he is, he would dominate in any era. Uh, KD, not as much of a physical specimen. I mean, he's got the height. He's got the offensive scoring. He can pull up from anywhere on the court. Anywhere. Anywhere on the court. And the thing is, people would say he may not be able to deal with the physicality, but um, you just have to see. I feel like they wouldn't find ways. Steph obviously would would be just a, a prolific shooter. He would be a disruption yeah. to the game back then. He would have gotten bullied, though. And then we have two more big boys, AD and Giannis. Uh, basically, Magic was just choosing some of the most physical guys that could go back and play. Well, Steph is only, what, 6'3"? Yeah. He's not a big guy. He's 6'3". He's not too muscular, but once again, when you see that... If you leave him in open space, yeah. you're going to pay for it. He's going to get bullied, but... I think he can make it. I think that's a good top five from Magic. Uh, another top five that was just brought up was Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce brings up his top five. He comes on live television, and he doesn't have LeBron in his top five. Of all time. Of all time. LeBron is obviously and clearly stated as either number one or number two in almost everyone's list. Everyone's like, it's either LeBron or Jordan. And Paul Pierce comes out here and says that he's not even top five. That is ridiculous. So, so who is who is his top five, Caleb? His top five. He's got Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, Kareem, Magic, and then he puts Kobe in there. So I was wondering if maybe Paul Pierce has a little bit of beef with LeBron. Maybe there's a little bit of beef there. Paul Pierce played against both Kobe and LeBron in the NBA Finals. So I'm wondering... Uh, where this beef is happening? Because everybody knows that LeBron is a top five all-time NBA player. But anyways, Paul Pierce being ridiculous once again. And that's all I've got for you on Caleb's Corner today. Speaking of top, you're bringing up a lot of top fives here. Yeah. Magic had his top five. Paul Pierce had his top five. Ridiculous. We actually have a top five that we haven't... Been sticking to for the last year. We've had a couple guests on. We've, we've been missed, doing everything else. Top five of the decade, baby. It. It's back. It. We got defensive line. I'm ready to go. Let's talk about it. As 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 all of you know, if you've been following the show, top five of the decade. We're following at each position in the NFL for the last decade. 
We have players at each position, just, just over the last decade, right, last 10 years, 2010, 2019, 2020, whatever you want to call it. But this week, we're looking at the defense, the big boys. It's a big boy episode. That's I'm right. excited. We, <laughs> we got top five defensive linemen. Starting with some honorable mentions, the first guy that I want to bring up is Geno Atkins. He's been in the league since 2010, still in the league. 227 solo tackles, 100 tackles for loss, 75 and a half sacks, eight forced fumbles, one touchdown. He's an eight-time Pro Bowler. Not that those matter. I th- it's just I'm torn on the Pro Bowl. I really am. I think if it's if it's more of a players and coaches vote rather than a fan vote because it just becomes a popularity contest it every year is, but every single year but it's still it's still nice to to have that on a resume you know I, what I, I mean i think uh the more telling stats probably like the first team all pro speaking of he has two of those he does he does now i feel like if geno atkins had luck with a better team he definitely have a lot more praise to his name i think being in cincinnati for his entire career, I believe. Yeah, this whole decade. It's definitely hurt him. It really has being being with the Bengals here. But hopefully, new guy in town, first overall pick, can Is help it? turn that around. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Joe Burrow, Joe Caleb. Burrow. Joe, Caleb. It's Joe Burrow. Oh, oh right, right, right. <laughs> but hopefully he can turn some things around for this, for this Bengals team. I really think he will be able to. A lot of people are still skeptic. But we're talking about big boys. We're not talking about Joe Burrow. Yeah, who cares about Joe Burrow? Second big boy I want to talk about here is Cameron Wake. This guy is a lot older than I thought he was originally. He's a, he's like in his mid-30s. Yeah. He's been in the league since 2009. But we're only counting it. We're, we're taking that year out, 2010 till now. 263 solo tackles, 93 tackles for loss, one interception, 100 and a half sacks, 22 forced fumbles, He's a five-time Pro Bowler and a first-team All-Pro. That's a that's a common theme with all these guys is they have multiple multiple Pro Bowls and only a handful of of All Pros. Now, Cameron Wake, I remember Cameron Wake for his just incredible entrance. Whenever he comes out of the tunnel, he gets down there and he just it's it's kind of like what Clay Matthews does the whole oh, predator Lewis. thing. Yeah, yeah, like Ray Lewis as well. He just comes out and he just flexes out and just screams. Oh, it gets me fired up every single time. But Cameron Wake, I think earlier on in the day, it it hurts these guys for the teams that they played on. I think that definitely doesn't help them. Mm -hmm. You know, Geno playing for the Bengals, Cameron playing for the Dolphins. It's not – it just doesn't help them. Yeah, that was rough. He did get to switch his team up here in 2019 when he played for the Titans, but most of the decade on the Miami Dolphins who had little to no success. Yeah. Besides – Beating, uh, beating who was it here? The Patriots, their last game of the season. <laughs> to help, to help uh, the ultimate. Who is it? He got well. Who who, I mean, who are the who are the, the Super Bowl? Who won the Super hey, Bowl this yeah, year? Okay, who won the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, yeah, the Dolphins. Huh? I think. I think. The, Honestly, I think. I think Patrick Mahomes should give a little credit can we to give uh, the Dolphins. Some credit. Should we give the Dolphins? Can we give the Dolphins some credit there? I think they did for that. I think without. <laughs> It's the whole it's the whole butterfly snowball snowball effect there. We could technically say they knocked the Patriots out of the first round. The Patriots didn't have to play in the first round. My hands are up. Hey, my hands are up too. I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but what I'm saying is put some respect 
on the Miami Dolphins, man. <laughs> Ryan Fitzmagic. I love the guy. Oh, yeah. Put some respect on the name. Next guy I want to talk about here, Cam Jordan. He's been in the league since 2011. New Orleans Saints, 312 solo tackles, 113 tackles for loss, two interceptions with one touchdown, 87 sacks, 10 forced fumbles, five Pro Bowls, and one first-team All-Pro. Cam Jordan, I believe, was the one that had that amazing picture where he grabbed that guy's jersey, right? And the string from the jersey just extended. Oh, Do you know what I'm talking about? No, if you haven't seen this, ladies and gentlemen, it's fantastic. It was like one of the pictures of the year. Cam Jordan goes to tackle uh, somewhere. It might have been Zeke, actually. I'm not sure who it was. But it was some running back. And he grabs the back of his jersey. And he essentially just rips it apart. But the string oh, extends. I see it here. Yeah, Caleb has it right here. It's fantastic. He, yeah, it was Amir Abdullah for the Lions. Mm-hmm. And he, oh, it's it's fantastic. Probably one of the one of the best pictures I've ever seen. Just yeah. just from an NFL sports wow. standpoint. It's yeah, fantastic. You, you guys need to look that picture. But Cam, Cam Jordan, though, Cam Jordan, though, He's been on, you know, a couple different talk shows. Good, good uh, what was it? Uh, good morning football. Okay. A couple times. Yeah. Shout out, Kay Adams. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Let's move on. If we can get, if we can get her on the show, my life will be complete. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Cam Jordan, though, dominant force there. I definitely think that he he can be in the conversation here with some of these other guys. Yep. It's really hard to rank these guys because there's so many good ones and i think it was I, th- I believe it was the tight ends that we were doing where there was one guy kind of in that sixth spot that could have been switched i definitely think that cam jordan is one of these guys that could be rotated in here with maybe this four or five spot here yeah, but a dominant force he's fast off the ball he's quick with his hands just you got to double team the guy. He's one of those guys that you have to like. Like we've been saying with all these other Hall of Fame, not saying that Cam Jordan's gonna be in the Hall of Fame, but you got to prepare for this guy. Mm-hmm. You really do. Along along with this other Saints defense, which was absolutely dominant in previous years, and then somehow fell apart for some reason after Minnesota happened. But yeah, I, I definitely think that Cam Jordan can be switched. With these four or five guys. And speaking of these four and five guys, let's get into it. The top five now. Let's do it. At number five, Kev doesn't agree with me on this, and that's fine. I have Aaron Donald at number five, and here's why. He's been in the league since 2014, only about half the decade, and that has something to do with it. 220 solo tackles, 117 tackles for loss, 15 forced fumbles, 72 sacks. He's a six-time Pro Bowl. He's made the Pro Bowl every year he's been in the league. Yeah. And he's a five-time first-team All-Pro. He also was the 2014 Defensive Rookie of the Year, and he was a Defensive Player of the Year in 2017 and 2018. Now, I have Aaron Donald number five. He's a dominant guy. He really is. They He had a bunch of sacks, what was it, three seasons ago? Whenever they were dominant before they went to – or was it the Super Bowl season where they – Played the most lackluster game I think I've ever the seen. Worst Super Bowl. I wouldn't call it the worst Super Bowl, but uh, well, worst Super Bowl in my lifetime. That's fair. Maybe. Well, we're the same age. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that Aaron Donald's a force here, and his name needs to be in this conversation. But I look at some of the other guys on this list, and I say, okay, where does he fit though? And before and before I start talking about more Aaron Donald. 
let's talk about some of these other guys so we can compare them to you. At number four, I have Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers has been in the league since 2002, and he retired in 2018. He played for a multitude of different teams, including the Panthers, Packers, whoever else, right? He was all over the place. But 243 solo tackles, 84 tackles for loss, 78 and a half sacks, four picks, two touchdowns, four Pro Bowls, and a first-team All-Pro. Now, I look at Julius Peppers, and I say, oh, this this guy's old. He's been in the league forever, Mm -hmm. right? But I compare him to Aaron Donald, and a part of me wants to put Aaron Donald up higher but the things that are holding me back here, and it's the it's it's the core principles that we've been doing this whole series with. You got to play the whole decade, and you got to be productive the whole decade. Now, Aaron Donald checks one of those two boxes. He has been productive every single year he's been in the league, and that's why he's on the list. I think he deserves to be on this list. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are some guys that just deserve it a little bit more. I think Julius Peppers is one of those guys. He has, what is that, 23 more solo tackles. He doesn't have as many tackles for loss. He was a defensive end. He has more sacks. He has more picks. He has more touchdowns. Aaron Donald may have some of those of-the-year awards, right, Rookie of the Year and Defense Player of the Year. But I just think that Julius Peppers, over the course from 2010 to 2018, not was more productive, but was more of a force than Aaron Donald. Because Aaron Donald had, what, two good seasons until everybody started triple-teaming him, and which says something to Aaron Donald. I really think it does. But I just think Julius Peppers is just a little bit above Aaron Donald in my mind. Caleb? I can understand that, Colin, but I'm just going to have to agree to disagree here. Uh, we have Aaron Donald and... The most telling stat for me isn't Pro Bowls. Obviously, Pro yeah. Bowls don't say anything. But I do think First Team All-Pro says something. Julius Peppers, this entire decade, has been in the back half of his career. He has been good and dominant, no doubt. You can see that, that in the stats. He's had a consistent, consistent 10 years here. But Aaron Donald comes into the league at 2014, and he records 220 solo tackles in the same amount of time that, uh, well, let's just say it like this. He records 220 solo tackles in six years, and Julius Peppers records 240 in about eight years. It's it's not a very telling stat, but the thing is, five first-team All-Pros, Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald was the technical best defensive end or defensive lineman. Maybe not longevity-wise, but technically, if you look at who was the best lineman at any any year of this decade, you would say Aaron Donald, I believe. I well, would, think would. about think about this. Who who were some of the other dominant defensive tackles in 2014, 2015, 2016? JJ Watt, I believe. And we'll get to him. We'll get to him. He'll be on the list. But uh but you yeah. can only name it, you got one off the top of your head, right? Right, right. I think that if you if you can't compare Aaron Donald to the rest of his competition on the put them on the same level because you can obviously compare them, mm-hmm. but 
if you say that Aaron Donald didn't have any competition, then what's the point of giving him all these awards? Right? Obviously, he's good. I wouldn't say he didn't have any competition. I'm just saying that the man, defensive player of the year, and I don't care who you are, if you get five first-team All-Pros in six years, man, that is saying something. But anyways, like... I just, just, I just think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at who else is playing beside him. You gotta look at his peers. I think that's that's important as well. Okay. Number four, Julius Peppers. Number five, Aaron Donald. Number three, a guy that I'm actually kind of excited to talk about. I have mixed feelings about this guy just from a a Green Bay Packers standpoint. It's Indomitian Sue. He's been in the league since 2010 till now. 346 solo tackles, 114 tackles for loss. Four forced fumbles, 58 and a half sacks, one pick, three touchdowns. He's a five-time Pro Bowler and a three-time first-team All-Pro. And Dominican Sue was a freaking monster in the in the first half of this decade. Mm-hmm. An absolute monster. I remember when he would be stomping on people and kicking people yeah. <laughs> all over the place before it became more prevalent for other players to kick people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, and Dominic Sue, dominant force there. He doesn't have as many sacks as some of these guys, but I don't think that was his role. He was not a pass rush type defensive tackle. And you're not going to see a lot of, a, a ton of sacks from these big stuff, the middle type defensive guys playing for, playing for the Lions okay. there for the entire first half of this decade, right? So he's just got to fill his role, and he filled it well. 346 solo tackles. I'm going to guess that a lot of those are from a run stoppage point there. But I don't think sacks from a defensive tackle standpoint are that important. I think they're a lot more important for a defensive end because that's his job to run the circle and get the quarterback and force him up into the pocket for those D tackles. But that's that's beside the point. Right. I think that Indominican Sue played his role well. I think he played it really well. And I think his stats, his stats show it. I think Indominican Sue was the scariest. Oh, hundred percent. Tackle. You you game. look at the guy, he had those like big mutton chops coming <laughs> yeah, down the side yeah. of his face. And he gives you that side eye, dude. I'm running. No, and the thing is, <laughs> you know that he has just stepped on three quarterbacks before he's playing your team, and he's not afraid to step on you. Oh yeah, you. he's gonna yeah, he's gonna kick you. You're gonna yeah. get the boot. <laughs> At number two, a guy that I feel like I don't want to call him underrated because he's not. I would I would say that he doesn't get enough attention. He doesn't get enough attention, but he's not underrated. Mm-hmm. Calais Campbell played for, golly, how many teams? For the Cardinals for a majority of it. The Redskins, did he not? He played for the Redskins as well, but he also played with the Cardinals in this decade. Yeah. 459 solo tackles. Leads leads everybody here. Yeah. 141 tackles for loss, three touchdowns, 81 sacks, 12 forced fumbles, five-time Pro Bowl, one-time first-team All-Pro, and he was the 2019 Walter Payton Man of the Year, awesome. which is which is really cool to see. Yep. I I think that's it's a, it's an incredible accomplishment to win awards, but to win what I think 
in my opinion, is the most prestigious award in football. Wow. Aside from, aside from, obviously the the MVP and maybe some of the Player of the Year awards, the Walter Payton Man of the Year, I think, is probably one. is the big one. Mm-hmm. Aside from MVP, that's the big one every year. I think it, it really shows to his character of who he is as a as a person on and off the field. I think if you can say, yeah, I'm going to put up almost 460 solo tackles by myself, bringing guys down yeah. over the course of a decade. He's been in the league since 2008, but we're only counting it from 2010. 141 tackles for loss. I believe that's second most to the number one guy who we're going to talk about here in a minute. But, yeah, played his role. Like, like in Dominican Sue, he didn't have as many sacks. He played his role, and he played his role well. Very well. As a, as a, I don't want to say a run-stopping defensive end, inside guy, wherever he played. He was just dominant. He's a quiet guy, kind of flew under the radar for a little bit. His name isn't brought up as much as some of these other guys because they're bigger, flashier type players. But Calais Campbell is one of those guys like Joe Hayden, I feel, when I, when I ranked my cornerbacks. I didn't realize how productive Joe Hayden was over the course of last decade. But I think Calais Campbell is another one of those guys where you hear his name, you know he's a good player, but you don't realize how good he is. And I think that's just kind of the perfect way to sum up his his decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree completely, Colin. It's good to see that. It's good to see it's good to see the big boys getting credit. Oh yeah. I love it. And finally number one. We said his name a little bit ago if you didn't catch it. You can guess it. It's JJ Watt. That there's there, there's nobody else that you can put in this spot. I really don't think that there's any between the injuries, between everything else, 373 solo tackles 158 tackles for loss, 96 sacks, 23 forced fumbles, one pick, and two touchdowns. He also had four receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. He's a five-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, three-time Defensive Player of the Year in 2012, 2014, and 2015, and he was the 2017 Walter Payton Man of the Year. You can't say enough about You this. cannot say enough about this guy. We could talk about The way I could talk... A whole show about J.J. Watt. I just watched him on a tag show last night. Yeah, him and his brother. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. He's all over the place. He's donated so much money. He's raised so much money. State Farm commercials. Uh, This this dude's incredible. He is. On and off the field. Coming back from countless injury after injury. The way he's still able to put up numbers. He's only been in the league since 2011 until now. He's one of those guys that it's kind of like Larry Fitzgerald. I really want him to get a ring. I really do. I yeah, I do too. But I just don't know if it's going to happen. Unless he moves teams, it's not. Gonna Unless happen. he moves teams, and I don't see him. Do, he's not the type of he's player to do that. Chaser, no. He's not a ring chaser. He's a guy that's going to come in day in day out, week after week, and just constantly lead. get the job done. He's a lead the team. He's a natural born leader. Yeah. Same with JJ White here. I'm just look. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year, and we got two of these big boys winning Walter Payton Man of the Year at one and two. Yeah, at one and two. I wonder if that says something. You know, these guys that are working hard on and off the field. Uh, you know, they're they're all nice guys. They they truly love the community. They love to give back. And like I said last time, it's good to see. It's good. To it's see just good guys. to see. I love it. 
Yeah. I really do. But J.J. Watt, number one, dominant force. If there's one guy that comes to mind for the last decade, for defensive ends, really, over the last, I guess it would just be 10 years because that's how long he's been in the league. But if you're asking me about defensive linemen, I'm talking about J.J. Watt. You know, I wouldn't be – I don't think it would be too far to say that J.J. Watt is the top defensive player of this decade. All defense. I think it might be fair to say that. I think you can make an argument. At least, at least top five. I could put. I mean, there's Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley, Richard Sherman. Yeah. Those see, there are other players, but I don't know. When I think of defense, like my mind just goes straight to JJ Watt. And that's understandable. Yeah, we, that's he's a, a big guy. You can't miss him either. That's a diff- <laughs> right. That's a different argument that we don't have our. our that we don't have time for. for. We're not prepared for it. Either. We don't have time for. It. <laughs> yeah. Because we're we're reaching the end of the show. Uh, Thank you all yeah. so much for tuning in once again. We're now on Spotify. We're now on Apple Podcasts. We're still on Facebook, where I'm uploading everything to Twitter. We're, we're growing. Come we're getting bigger. Out. Please come check us out. Talk to us on the social medias, wherever you are. I want I, Both of us, we want to get to know everybody. Mm-hmm. I am your host, Colin Settle, along with Caleb Rempel. Do you have any parting words? No, just have a good week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Do all that stuff. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Take care, take care, y'all chicken. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you all. Thank you once again. I am your host, Colin Settle. And consider this score settled. We'll see you next time.